Okay, Greg, I've got a great movie pitch for you. Okay, go shoot. It's like Die Hard, but in the White House. Great. Bear with me. You've got terrorists attack. They take the president hostage. They start shooting up the place. And it's up to one lone Secret Service agent, the, the right guy in the wrong place, who's able to kick all the ass and take all the names and save the president. It stars Channing Tatum and Jamie Foxx. Whoa, 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 whoa. We're already making this movie with Gerard Butler. Greg, I have some notes. Welcome to I Have Some Notes. This is the movie podcast where we take terrible, 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 terrible action movies <laughs> and try to make them better, but we can't because they're terrible. <laughs> Part of the Alberta po- Podcast Network, powered by ATV Financial. My, I, my name is Grumpy Colin McIntyre. I'm less grumpy, Scotty Bourgeois. I'm the least grumpy, Greg Beaver. Sorry, friends. Uh, this is so. This uh, the movie we're doing today is, is Olympus Has Fallen, uh, which I'm just going to come out uh, and say it's like takes the new title of my most hated movie ever. <laughs> Uh, Colin really did not care yeah, for this Yeah, I know. Film. And we'll get into that. He's uh, been ranting for hours yeah, before we even started recording. That that, that guy walking down Jasper Ave holding the sign saying, Olympus is falling sucks. <laughs> that was me. Yeah. Uh, there's, the some, whole... there's some text screeds on our phone about <laughs> it, too. <laughs> um, so just, uh, just, uh, just to, to get over the, the, the nuts and bolts of the movie, uh, it is a 2013 action thriller, uh, which was actually, uh, which was fun that year because uh, basically this movie came out twice. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, Olympus is Falling came out in March, and then White House Down, which is, which uh, kind of blow by blow is the same movie, uh, two months later. Yeah, it was kind of a weird year for terrorists attack the White House. It was at the same year that um, uh, Dante's Dread, Peak came out, or yeah, and like Volcano. Da- Dante's Peak. <laughs> uh, didn't Dread was what year did Dread and um, the Raid come out? Uh, that, that wasn't the same year. It was the same year, okay. But uh, it's always fun to have those, these these moments in 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 Hollywood filmmaking yeah. where the same movie ish. Every comes once out. in a while, yeah, someone's got I got a great idea, and two two blocks down, someone's like I got a great idea, <laughs> or somebody put in a pitch at two different uh, at two different studios. production studios. Yeah. And, and they greenlit it. They, they both greenlit it, and yeah. one of them greenlit it, and the other one kind of quietly stole it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, this was directed by Antoine uh, Fuqua, who actually um, has actually done some pretty decent movies. He actually, did Training Day, um, and also uh, some other movies like Brooklyn's Finest. Later, it did Magnificent Seven. Um, it is stars Gerard Butler, who also co-produced uh, the movie, which I think says a lot. Uh, but we'll get into. Uh, also with Aaron Eckhart, Morgan Freeman, uh, Angela Bassett, uh, Rick Yoon is the bad guy, and Dylan McDermott for some reason is in this movie. Um, budget was seventy million dollars. It made. It didn't make that. I was surprised how much it actually made. It only made one hundred and seventy million dollars. So not like a ton by even by like yeah. This and this was still and it the, still two, managed to get two, two sequels. sequels. Yeah, yeah, and this and this is the era where like if your movie didn't make like. 300 400 500 million dollars you probably weren't doing another one so so i obviously spoke to somebody well when you're gerard butler pub, uh producing your own movies i guess yeah i guess that's the thing you can just kind yeah. of be like i had fun on the first one and i'm gonna help bankroll the second one and sometimes you know the unseen um revenues like from streaming and those kind of things you know. sometimes those are bigger than we might expect and that's why movies get sequels Sometimes. Yeah, it's like back in the day when DVD sales were the biggest driver for movies. Yeah. Nope, true. Well, how about uh, we'll, we'll listen to the trailer, and then we'll, uh, we'll listen to Scott deliver the plot summary. Mr. President, five minutes, sir. Evening, ma'am. Merry Christmas, Mike. Mustang, this is Big Top, bringing out the full package. Where'd that come from? Everybody knows you did the right thing on that bridge. Even the president knows. You gotta learn how to get back into the real world. Mr. President, we're ready for you. Our guests have arrived. I'd like to welcome you to the White House, sir. Sir, there's been an intrusion. Let's go, move. 
Give me the Pentagon on the line now. Olympus is falling. Olympus is falling. When the President of the United States' limo hits a patch of black ice, leaving it hopelessly dangling off the edge of a bridge, Secret Service agent Mike Banning rescues the President from an icy death at the expense of the First Lady, and presumably the poor forgotten driver who I'm going to name Barry. Godspeed, Barry. Eighteen months later, Banning, now demoted to desk duty, is forced back into service when North Korean terrorists brazenly storm the White House and hold the President of the United States hostage. Unless Banning can stop them, a tall, handsome North Korean will gain access to the codes that can recall any U.S. nuclear missiles that have already launched. Without the recall codes, the Americans won't be able to stop the missiles the North Koreans launch because they launch America's missiles, the ones they don't have the codes to stop. Everyone clear? Good. I'm very confused. Let's stab some brains. <laughs> that's it. Podcast is over. Thanks for listening. Um, no, that's... Uh, can I just get... Great. These are great. Yeah. Keep doing these. <laughs> Thank I, I, you. Like, I want you to collect all these and we'll, let's put... You can... We'll self-publish a little novel. Little I have some notes like... Yeah, these are these are wonderful. <laughs> the, um, the- yeah, a little a little coffee book. Yeah, of all be, our plot summaries. Be, before I, I jump into my to my rant and my grumpiness, uh, I want you guys because you guys are. <laughs> I'm. I wish I was. I kept getting texts today as we're texting back and forth about this movie, saying I didn't think it was this bad, and I'm like, are they like being sarcastic? And I couldn't tell. But no, you <laughs> you guys generally did not hate this movie as much as I did. Uh, no, uh, it's it's a passable action movie. The action set pieces are pretty decent. There were a few moments where it was like, yeah, it was pretty cool. I mean, the villain's plot is harebrained, and the United States uh, institutions need to make some incredibly poor choices for this plot to work. Yes. uh, Which I have some issues with. But uh, at the end of the day, as a popcorn action film goes, it's not bad. It's not the worst one I've seen. I did like White House Down better, Mm -hmm. because it was more charming. Yeah. But, eh, it's, it's fine. I like this better than White House Down. This is the point that Greg and I disagree. <laughs> but uh, as I recall, not by much. I mean, there. I think White House Down just got a little too silly for me. White House Down is more accurately Die Hard in the White House than sure. this movie. Yeah. Because Gerard Butler is way too competent for this to be a passable Die Hard movie. Whereas Channing Tatum in White House Down is kind of a schlub. Yeah. Like he failed to get into the Secret Service is kind of like the, his initial incident. But then he's the right guy there to save the president. And because of that, he's constantly on the back foot. He's constantly having to scramble and improvise. And he's got the president's life in his hands. It's a much better diehard movie than, than this one. I think at the point where Taters and Jamie Foxx are doing donuts on the White House lawn is where about the movie lost me. It's also a, a movie that doesn't take itself quite as seriously, it's, yeah. and is much more charming for it. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't disagree that it's got more charm. This this movie is fairly dry, yeah, and, yeah. and and misses an opportunity to have personality in several places yeah i would i would say i would say it's completely and utterly devoid of it is, any sort of personality it is the saltines of characters <laughs> yeah. to, the, to the point one of my changes and this is and i i have some notes is, is is world famous now for saying replace the lead i have in my notes replace all actors with paper plates with frowny faces drawn on them and i want to watch the call and cut now. <laughs> And we could actually get away with it because, and that's actually no fault of them, but like most of the actors don't really do anything in this movie. You've except got scow- except scowl and well, frown. Like Aaron Eckhart spends most of the movie like Tied cha- chained to a post. Uh, Morgan Freeman, Angela Bassett, uh, uh, are, and uh, the other people in like the the bunker are basically talking to computer screens and looking at pieces of paper. Um, yeah, like Gerard Butler's only actually gets to like move around a lot. He's only getting any sort of cardio, or at least from like the 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 bad guys he knocks off. But mm. um, no, like for 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 me, the the biggest for the like, well, this to me, this movie is 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 death by a hundred million paper cuts. There's no one thing I don't like. I actually kind of like the overall the absurdity of the plot. Like I'm down with that because I like you know kind of weird action movies. But it's just this is it's the uh, there's just. A lot of things I don't like in movies, uh, Olympus Has Fallen has lots of. You've got a completely sort of unlikable, not really, you don't really care about him, uh, main actor. You've got 
uh, especially in action action scenes. I, I don't really like action movies where it's just it's gunplay with no style. It's just bang, bang, bang. Two guys shooting from like round corner. Like John Wick, I like because there's some style, there's some substance, there's some choreography, some choreography. This doesn't have it. But then, the, and the other big thing that drives me crazy is that. Uh, I hate, and I've mentioned this in the podcast, I hate the TV news narrative where the TV news is telling you what's happening. <laughs> I knew that was in, coming. In this movie, the TV news happens and tells you what's happening after you've already seen it, and <laughs> the people in the president's bunker monitoring all this stuff are watching the TV news to get your information. Yeah, there was it drives one, me crazy. There was one point where the Secretary of Defense is, be, is being let let go, She's walking out the front door and you've got the TV choppers like, oh, someone's coming out the front door. I think it's the Secretary of Defense. And I was like, there is no way that that news helicopter has gotten that close to the White House. Absolutely. Like the military would have shot that news helicopter down because and this is another this is this was another instance of me being like the institutions of the United States of America have to be very inept for this plot to work. And that is another example of it. Like the a, a helicopter news team would not be that close to this action not by a long shot yeah so and i agree with you I one mean, of my happened- teams, which i've mentioned before is when the the tv news is telling you stuff that has just when happened. it happens like, like it happened in spider-man 3 it, and we it, went up off about it for it, hours it did but i feel like this movie i think like so when i when i think of movies where this happens a lot and i think of man of steel and spider-man 3 i feel like in this movie it happened a ton to the point where i i was just there were like this scene where the helicopter like blows up the one side of the White House. And it's like, oh God, we lost half the White House. And TV guys says, they just lost half the White House. And it's like, yes, we saw. And then just, yeah. So it's all these, all these little things that like, that drive me crazy. And I don't like about movies is just packaged, formulated, stamped. Olympus is fallen. Here you go, Colin. Here you go, watch. Uh, and there's like lots of other little things like I could dive into and I don't want to, you know, you know, jump into it. Um, at least not just yet. Um, but even as far as like what I would keep about this movie, other than like the overall like plot of the movie, I wouldn't keep much. Like I like I'll, I can take zany, you know, White House is kidnapped by paramilitary group with somehow sneaking like rail guns under garbage trucks. Sure, whatever. But yeah, other than that, like no, 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 no. Yeah. Uh, okay. So here's the here's my two main issues with the movie. Number one, the kid. So the kid, they spend time early on in the movie, uh, just before uh, the first lady dies, um, setting up as someone who knows the White House inside out. Yes, mm-hmm. he's got, he's he's been trained by a Secret Service a little bit. They've been they've been helping him out, and they've been teaching him where all the exits are and where where uh, the places to hide are and all that kind of stuff. Correct. Right. Correct. Then the unthinkable happens, and the White House is attacked, and the president is separated from his child, who now is somewhere in the White House. And the terrorists hiding. have explicitly stated they want him for leverage on the president. Yeah. <laughs> so, do we see the kid doing anything ever? Nope. Nope. No, we do not. So, no, we, we do we, not, sir. We wasted all of our time That's setting that up for no mark. reason. Right. He is. He is found hiding in a corner by Gerard Butler. And then promptly whisked to safety and never again seen in the film. Yeah. Not even in the end. No, no they, that's not no, true. They, he's they, there. He's standing yeah. there at the end. Yeah. Yeah. They, there's the, there's lots of things they set up and then just sort of like, like. We just, don't have time for this. Yeah. So we need to stab more brains. Yeah, ex- exactly. <laughs> Actually, that's not even true. We don't have time for this because we need to do more damage to a national monument. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but go on, Greg. I, I'll, I'll, I'll add something to the, his. The, the second thing is. Um, um, Dylan McDermott's character. Oh, okay, okay. Here so is. this is in my note. Dylan McDermott is a Secret Service agent. That's what, in the beginning is working with uh, Gerard Butler. Um, they have a brief exchange of like maybe two words. Mm-hmm. I think I think it's along the lines of "Hey, buddy" or something yeah. <laughs> like like they you don't like you Except never you don't under you don't you don't get any inkling of what. Um, Dylan McDermott is all about it or whatever and then it turns out that Dylan McDermott is the key person that betrays the United States yes. and we never learned anything about him to begin with yes 
Uh, or really, he doesn't even really give a very good explanation for why. More, yeah. And, no. then, and then he flips on a dime after he gets stabbed. No. He's like, "Yeah, I guess I'm. I guess I'm going to help you now." Yes, exactly. Yes, like his like hit that moment in the uh, in the the, pan, the White House panic room, whatever it's called, where the president is calling Dylan McDermott out and calling him a traitor. I never feared you for a traitor. Right. He's just like, and, I just don't like your politics. Yeah, yeah. He's I'm like, willing to sell out the country because I don't like that you're owned by Wall Street. Yeah, yeah. He it's, says, he says, he says Wall Street yeah. and fucking globalization, and it's like <laughs> Wall Street and globalization is what? the reason that you're that you're just you're killing you're killing indiscriminately and betraying your country. Yes. Yes. <laughs> really? I'm going to both make you hate this movie by the end of the <laughs> Two terrorists who are explicitly planning to blow up the country. Yeah. Yes. And then like you say Scott like then he then later on he's uh he's sent by um the 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 chief Korean uh terrorist to go kill Gerard Butler and uh they have a big long fight. It's really boring. Uh in the end Jared B- Butler wins by stabbing him in the chest and just as he's about to die he decides to help Gerard Butler out for no reason. Yeah, and yeah. then Gerard Butler stabs him in the face or head or something. Uh, like he that. makes his death quick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, so it's like, yeah, well, what, what? So that character does not work yes. at all. Yeah, yeah. And it's and it would be really easy to fix and and like that kind of stuff in movies really drives me bonkers when I, when it when when there's a real easy when there's a, when when <laughs> when they have the elements of like all you got to do is do a little character development here and it would have been fine yeah. and they didn't do it. Uh, I can't help but wonder if that might be the victim of an edit though. Like I feel like maybe there was some more with him that might have hit the cutting room floor. Because they were like, we don't have time for this character stuff. We've got more yeah. Korean people to shoot. Well, that's, that makes it even worse for me, not better. Like if it wasn't, I, I don't disagree. That's yeah. a bad choice. Yeah, I mean that that is you like to me in 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 action movies specifically, the the villain has to be really really interesting. Yes, and typically your hero is actually fairly boring or or he's he's sort of like uh he she is a, a, a like a, a stand-in for so you can project yourself into them right but the villain's got to be strong because they're typically what's their their motivations and and their actions are typically what's investing you in the movie like and you, the, you the have plot to is hanging off it yeah because yeah, you have to want to see them go down in flames right yeah and if the and if the villain's motivations don't make a lot of sense or they don't talk a lot, like in this movie. Um, the head North Korean does not really have a whole lot of lines. Yeah, um, you know, it, it's it, it kills the it kills the the drama of the movie, and 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 I'm not invested in it anymore. And there, and you can have a you can have an action movie that doesn't have super great action, like this movie. It's got a it's got a lot of milk toast action, but like. It, it would it would all be okay if if the the character moments were there enough to drive it through. I'm making a checklist. Like I said, I'm going to turn both of you. You'll come to the dark side. So so far we've got let's just, we've got poor action. We've got boring villain. Uh, the leads nothing to sneeze at. Uh, but I mean Gerard's. Uh, my problem with Ger- Gerard is mostly that he's. Um, I don't know if I have so much problem with his character as just sort of the circumstances around around him, and that, I'll get to that in my changes. But I mean, even like the other people in in the, the movie are not really like, yeah, like no one's jumping. You're not who you're rooting for in this movie. Yeah. You're not really rooting for anyone. There's no. no one you're sort of like, yay, go. I'm kind of rooting for the first lady. Yeah, when she was briefly there for all of what. 34 seconds. I will say that the movie is not subtle, and she was introduced in the first like five minutes of the film and she said something about her earrings and I literally said out loud to the people I was watching the movie with oh she's gonna die and like I could see it coming a mile away and sure enough like six minutes later she's exploding on an icy river and I was angry at the movie at that point the movie had lost me because I was like this is such a tired trope, and I'm angry to see it. <laughs> is that, is that, is that, that, that many refrigerators? Yeah, is that, that a woman had to di- had to die to make the man folk fe- have bad feels. Yeah, and I'm just like, oh, you could have you could have made a different choice movie. You could have done something different. Yes, and you went with the you went with the laziest possible trope, and yeah. I'm kind of angry. And the movie and it, had to win me back. 
from that moment. The movie it, actually had to win me back. And it actually kills, like, fully uh, uh, a, a quarter of the women that actually appear in this movie. Because there's only four women characters that I can count. The first lady, Correct. who dies immediately. Yeah. The, uh, um, the female hacker chick yep. from the North Koreans, right? Who, gets ex- who presumably gets sacrificed she in the gets helicopter exploded, crash. Yeah. The secretary of defense. Who gets the crap kicked out of her and is a total badass. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And and finally, the character that does almost nothing through the entire movie yeah. is uh, Gerard Butler's wife. Oh, there's also uh, there's no Angela, also Angela, Angela, Bassett. Angela Bassett, who's the, oh, right. the sorry, who's yeah. George Butler's boss at the treasury. Sort of, right. yeah, sort of boss. Yes, she's um, <laughs> she, director. She's actually director of the Secret Service. She she all she did a look, was look at a TV screen for the entire movie. So I uh, I forgot all about her. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially. Yeah. So yeah. not great to women characters. Women characters. Yeah. yeah. Sorry. What? Why do we like this movie again? What's uh? What? <laughs> what, that, what well, are, okay, that's a fair question that we have that me and Scott have to answer for now that now that <laughs> we've shot <laughs> on quite a bit. Um, I think as much as you hate the opening sequence, um, Scott, I actually I think it's done well. Uh, uh, Dylan or um. Dylan McDermott's character aside, like the whole sequence of hitting the black ice, um, a dry butler being forced to make this horrible decision between saving the president and, 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 uh, and saving the, the first lady who, you know, they, they did a good job of establishing that they're all, they're all quite chummy and, yeah, and friends and close, stuff like that. Yeah. So it, like that movie or that scene has some emotional weight to it. It might be the scene that's got the most emotional weight to it in the movie. I will also argue that I did like the, the twist Gerard Butler is riding the desk after that he's been assigned to desk duty at the treasury and he's upset about it. And he's like, I want to be back in action. Yeah. And Angela Bassett's legitimately like, look guy, nobody's doubting your credentials. Everyone knows you're really good at your job. The president even knows you made the right choice that night. Yeah. It's just, it's hard to look at you and not be reminded of that. And that's why you've been taken off duty. And I'll admit that was like, that's actually an interesting way to look at it. Yeah. You're not being blamed for anything. You're just a bad, you're a bad taste in everyone's mouth and you're being unfairly punished for it. Yeah. And it sucks, but that's reality. Yeah. And I was like, that's actually not bad. I'll admit. Yeah. And it's respecting like the, the president's well, yeah. brief. And, and, and even when, when he shows up to save the day, the president's even like, Oh good. That guy's here. <laughs> like that's the best case scenario. Like, <laughs> I'm going to change this by the way, but that's, you make a good point. You make a very good point. Um, Scott, things um, you liked? I did like the villain, actually. I, I mean, he could have been, had a little more depth, but I think he was charmingly played by a competent actor. Yep. Um, Rick Yoon. Some of the action sequences, you're right. It was, I think I used the word saltines for the actors, and I'll use the word saltines here for the action as well. It's very basic, but it's sustenance. Like, it's passable action. Yeah. Did anyone find that, particularly in the daytime scenes, like, everything was felt like felt very computer animated yeah. oh yeah yeah yes but like i really noticed that when the <laughs> my, my kind of my kind of my my favorite terrible moment of the film is when they're gonna send in the navy seals and they're like no wait we've got the hydra super weapon and the the, the order to the helicopters is like watch out for like advanced weapon as if like that's a warning <laughs> but yeah that like when that stuff happened it was like sort of like okay really sort of choppy not choppy juxtaposed CGI. juxtaposed with Another scene, actually, it's a little baffling to me because in that moment you have the the traditional, oh, the military can't do the job because everything's just a, a nail to them and they only have a hammer. And they they bungle the, the rescue operation when they sit in the helicopters because only Gerard Butler can save the day. But earlier in the film, they did a really competent extraction of, uh, of spark plug, uh, yeah. Connor, his son, yeah. uh, where they like... Go off, it goes off without a hitch. Like, SEAL Team 6 goes in, they've got sniper cover, they manage to extract him, and nobody knows. Like, they yeah. were like ghosts. And I was like, that was really competent military work there. Well done, military. You're yeah. not totally stupid. Undercut 10 minutes later when they do something completely stupid. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> because the, the trope would be that the military can't get the job done because they're a bunch of dunderheads. And I was like, they're not a bunch of dunderheads. Oh, wait, no, they are. Yeah, darn. But Morgan Freeman is there to put the chief of staff in his place. 
general chief of staff. Gen- I don't know. Gen- <laughs> general Buzzcut, I believe, was was the character's name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will. I, I the I would. Um, but it was actually someone just reminded me about, about the villain. Um, felt like the villain. So Kang, um, like yeah, he's a deep terrorist and part of this organ this organization. Uh, well, obviously wants the Americans out of um, the DMZ, it's like, and so I guess he wants to finish the Korean Civil War. Yeah, he wants and reunify Korea. Yeah, um, but yeah, but it felt like even when he was sort of like explain again, like the like the like the villain explanations were weird. So we've got Dylan McNerbit saying, "Yeah, I don't like you because Wall Street globalization," and then Kang is like, "I don't like you because famine and other stuff." Yeah, and I'm like, "Well, that's kind of that's that's like." North Korea kind of is responsible for all of that famine. There was, you know, they don't have a lot of stuff going on outside because of sanctions. Sanctions, well, I mean, and that's, also that's the whole thing, right? Yeah, it's like they've been sanctioned to the point where they can't get anything in or out of the yeah. country, right? So that's why there's, yeah. Uh, I I don't find that motivation for the um, for the main villain to be strange at all. I or or or, or missing the mark too much. It, it, I just did, I don't agree with Scott. I didn't think he really played it all that interesting. I just it just didn't really work for me. Um there, there was a weird thing, I don't know if you guys noticed this that but when when the military discovers that it's this Kang guy that is at the head of this terrorist movement mm-hmm. and they they say they say he's on the top of like the world's most wanted. Oh yeah, yeah, terrorist. yeah. But then this, they yeah. don't seem to know who Anything he is. About him? Yeah, it's yeah. Like, he's so never it's been like, photographed, and then shows a photograph of him on the screen. Well, to be fair, it was <laughs> clearly a screen grab that they had grabbed of him talking. But then, but they all the but while they're while they're kind of doing the rundown of who this guy is, it's kind of like I want to say it's like a CSI sort of thing where it's just a bunch of graphics and things whizzing past the screen. Yeah. And, and like all these like animations of like here's an explosion here and that it's sort of like, yeah. Just, but it's like he's that. How does he? How did they not know who he is? It's like it's like a surprise to them that it's this that's like oh he's the most wanted person. They're like why didn't you know that you are the American government and you're like all yeah. your Secret Service people and all your CIA and FBI guys they're all in the same room. Like was not was anyone not like hey excuse me I think it's I think it might be this person. See and, may, and maybe and maybe that's and maybe that's part of the. the the problem is that like if you're gonna if you're gonna make a movie about like sort of the white house being sort of in, invaded and taken over i feel like you have to you have to do it in a way where the audience is gonna go huh that's that's neat or like oh that could really happen sort of thing um and if you're not gonna do it that way you have i think you you have to do it like in a in like a kind of a what it sounds like i've seen white house down i don't quite remember it but from for guessing that it's kind of a tongue-in-cheek kind of they have a little more fun with it and i feel like maybe in this this movie takes itself too too seriously to actually be a serious movie. I think maybe that's the issue. My, yeah. my, my biggest issue is that it wants to be this grim and gritty and, and classic action movie, and it's so dumb on so many <laughs> levels and so flat that it doesn't pull it off. Uh, yeah, I don't disagree with that particular assessment. Um, it tries... When it, even when it tries to have fun, it still feels a little flat. Like the the moment where uh, Gerard Butler tells Kang he's gonna stab him in the brain. Yeah, and and because the movie is so serious, so serious, it it feels gruesome and like right. kind of gross, and it doesn't really pl- come off as like yeah, get him, go stab that guy Ger- in the brain. I kind of I, I kept getting the impression that that Gerard or Mike Banning that like. He enjoys this sort of stuff. Like usually, like, usually in the action movies, it's sort of like the, the most of the action movie heroes is kind of just like, it's like ah, it's just like work to them, right? Like they're 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 sort of like emotionally detached from it, mm-hmm. just like whatever. I but I, he's kind of getting off on it. Yeah, a he's he's kind of like you, you always get. The, I get this vibe that he's sort of like like he you know as soon as something's going down, he's rushing in the White House. He still has a gun. Uh, which I'm not sure if you'd carry in a desk job, but I don't really know that much. America might yeah. be. Who knows, right? But. Um, yeah, that he's sort of like that. He's really in his element, and he kind of like it's almost like he wants to be there. And he's like, yeah, he's kind of in. I'm gonna stab you in the face, and you know that sort of stuff. So yeah, yeah, I think you're, I think you're right that the, that the the tone of the, the movie um, makes it hard to enjoy on that level. It just yeah, it just it just comes off a little creepy hero yeah. check mark. Yeah. 
Got a, a nice, long list. Got a got nice there. little list going here, gentlemen. Yeah. Uh, anything else we want to say we liked about the movie where we'll get into uh, the changes and cuts? I'm good. No, good. Sure. Good. No product placement that I can think of. No yeah. Overt, or no overt product placement, which I guess is kind of surprising. Well, I mean, except for, you know, all of the military all up in your face. Oh, that's yeah, true. Yes. That's probably what financed most of the movie. That's probably why there was a competent military scene at one point, right? Yeah. Yeah. I I will say this just one last thing before we go into the break is that uh, the moment that the big Hercules style um, aircraft is coming in from the sea. Yes. Right. So that thing's coming in and then it cuts away and then you see a bunch of like White House stuff going on and it cuts back and then the title crawl says Virginia. And it's like, I'm like, okay, so the plane went. From the ocean to Virginia, like it's it's in the it's in the same state, right? As the White House, and nobody's like, because when they find when the when the aircrafts come alongside it, they tell they say unidentified aircraft or whatever. So it's like it got that far in the United States, it's unidentified. <laughs> yes, how is that possible? It is, and it's heading straight again, for the White House. The institutions of the United States. <laughs> have to be real dumb for the yeah. villain's plot. I mean, I hate to yeah. be nitpicky about it, but like it's like like it, it does stretch well, the like I, I my first assumption when I saw the plane coming in is like, oh, it must be like, you know, it's a, it's a military helicopter. They know what it is and it just got taken over by someone or something like that. But that, that's not the case at all. Was they just flew it in the United States, a well, war or like a war machine. They also uh in the course of the movie, like they move the president and the vice president to the same secure location, which in the event of a terrorist attack seems like a tremendously bad idea. Yeah. Uh, they also, they Someone know, does say that's not protocol. Well, no, cause he invites the prime minister to come with him. Yeah. Uh, the visiting dignitary and that's not protocol, but they sure as heck shouldn't be moving the president and the vice president to the same location. Mm-hmm. Um, likewise, they then established that the, um, uh, the army chief of staff and the secretary of defense and the president have these three vitally important computer codes and they've put them all in the same location as well. Why wouldn't you split them all off into different locations? There is a lot of really dumb decisions. Some ostensibly really smart people have to make for this plot to work. Yeah. And that includes putting most of the heads of state of the United States in one place (laughs) during a terrorist attack on the white house. (laughs) Not not bright. Added to the list. Dumb decisions. <laughs> there we go. I also was wondering why and this this is realistically how I think this situation would go down. And I will I will say this. Terrorists have taken over the White House. The president and the vice president and the army chief of staff and the secretary of defense are all being held captive. The speaker of the house has been made acting president of the United States. And this Korean terrorist has gotten on the horn and said, we have your president and your vice president, and we are demanding all of these demands. And the Speaker of the House says, the United States of America does not negotiate with terrorists. Enjoy your house for as long as you have it. Click. And the army carpet bombs the White House. Yeah. That's the end of the that's the end of the plot. Yeah. Movie's over. Good guys win. <laughs> Good night, everybody. Yes, you've sacrificed the president, the vice president, the secretary of defense, and the army chief of staff, but they know what they signed up for yeah. when they took this job. Yeah. And if the if the well being of the United States or the global order is at stake, their lives are sacrificed. Like that is that is part of the deal. And that the movie's over. <laughs> So there really does have to be a better reason for them not to just do that than oh, our people are in there. Who cares? Can I can I can I add one more just like like just really like little nitpicky thing before we go sure. to break? Because we're we're probably gonna be talking about Cerebris anyway, but uh, they keep setting up through this movie that there's three codes in these three people's brains, and the president uh, President Eckhart keeps telling the other two people. Like, don't be tortured. Just give them the codes. Give them the code. Don't give. You can just give them the codes because they're not going to get mine. And when the poor uh, lady gets uh, the secretary defense gets you know beaten, uh, she's like, just give them the code because they're not going to get mine. And then he immediately gives them their, and then, his code. Yeah. And then we, we fast forward. All of a sudden, it's like they somehow got his code. He's just like, Bleh. there's no explanation for it. They just. Yes. It's like they they were like, give us the code. And he was like, okay. <laughs> like that's <laughs> that's basically how that yeah. goes down. <laughs> yeah. 
Oh, I have a fix for that, actually. Yes, I, I think we've got gonna have a lot of fixes. Let's take a break. I need to go for a walk around the block here, just okay. to cool off a little bit. This episode of I Have Some Notes is brought to you by Unit B Coworking. Unit B is a multi-company co-working space focused on helping people pursue their passions and make Edmonton its creative best. Join a tight-knit group of freelancers, startups, and established organizations, all dedicated to getting things done. Besides desks and offices, Unit B offers members access to its podcasting studio and meeting spaces, as well as a kitchen, Wi-Fi, and all the usual amenities. It's located in the historic McKinney Building on 104th Street, close to everything downtown, including the Bay LRT station. Book a tour today at unitb.ca. Okay, welcome back. Uh, I'm cooled off a little bit. I've gotten a lot of that rage out of my system. It's a good thing we didn't watch. I didn't watch this movie like two weeks ago. It have been miserable. But that's okay. Uh, Would you have been able to remember much from it if you had watched two weeks ago oh yeah for sure no it just would have kept stewing and stewing and stewing and by the end of just i just would have been just a crazy person even more than i am now i feel like i've already forgotten half of it colin really wishes that we'd have been able to watch cool world looking forward to cool world someday someday um let's jump into the changes for this movie um so despite how much i hate this movie i think we can i think there's a there's enough here that we can remove to actually turn into uh into a not super terribly annoying movie that would hurt my brain um, but, um, I know Scott's got some good ideas, uh, but let's start with Greg, um, because Greg's at, well, do you still like this movie as much as you did, or are you, have I turned you? Nah, I don't know, maybe Damn I, maybe I, maybe I, maybe I hate it a little bit more. Yes! <laughs> I'll be honest. My, my, my one true feeling about this, I, I kind of already actually touched on what I would change about this movie, but like... The, the kid is pretty central to it because the kid has got to be, it's got to be like almost like Home Alone in the White House or or at least the kid's got to do something in the White House when he's trapped in it and there's terrorists. Like we've got to see him and he's got, and, 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 I, and I really did not love the fact that like he escaped from the White House so quickly. Yeah. Because that was almost, that felt like it was the end of the first act when he got, uh, when he escaped. You kind of thought for sure they were going to set it up, it set cool. it up, but that was going to be a tension piece. Yeah. Like more like Act Two, because Act One is probably them, but like them taking over the White House. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Um, but he, like he, he seemed. It seems to me that with the amount of time that they spend with the kid in in the begin in the opening sequence, and um, you know the the kid actor is pretty good. Um, he seems to me that he would handle a larger role pretty easily. Uh, you know, we we need to see him more. We need to we need to see him es- evading um, some terrorists. Um, we we can even see him um, helping Gerard Butler out. But I think the biggest thing is like if if the kid remains in the White House, that is a very natural tension point uh, for the audience to uh, grab onto because Gerard Butler. You know he's a badass, and he might be able to take out a certain number of terrorists by himself. But now he also has to protect the kid. Yeah, yeah. that's that's a limiter on him, yeah. and it it adds some tension because he's effectively fighting with one hand behind his back. Yeah, because he's trying to protect the kid. Yeah, uh, I do like. I still think that like it's that. it's good to get the kid out of the building, but just maybe not so fast. Make it I a guess. make it a a bigger task for him to get Connor to safety. One thing I was thinking about is that because the, the because the movie opens up with a, with uh, Gerard Butler facing this horrible choice between the president and the, and the first lady, um, if he is if he is again faced with that choice towards the end, that's why I would kind of keep the kid in 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 the in the White House the whole time. I like that. If he's got if he's got if he if it comes down to a choice of of uh, of saving the kid and saving the president again, maybe he lets the president die. <laughs> maybe he makes the cho- makes the right choice the second time, the, the 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 choice from the heart instead of the choice from the head. Yeah, that could be his journey. Well, one of the, one of the things I wanted to I wanted to do is um is sort of really sort of like amp up that like to really sort of play 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 up the like if you're if we're, if we're gonna we're gonna if we're gonna keep that the car track car crash and uh, 
uh, the president's wife dying to really sort of kind of play up that a little bit. And uh, one of the things I would was going to do is, is shorten shorten the timeline. So like the accident happens in eight months, and then we see him eighteen months later. That um, you know he's still adjusting to his new reality of working a desk. I would shorten that to be like like within like a couple weeks, so that so the president is still grieving and doesn't want anything to do or see with Mike. And Mike is also still sort of, he's still kind of like shaken up and sort of he's gone through this, like this hearing process and stuff like that, where he's like, he's now been stripped of this duty. So that it's like right, right there fresh for him. And I think, and I think if we, if we, if we're keeping the kid in that sort of even sets up that when the president finds out that, that, oh, Mike is still in the, still in the building and actually has his son, that the president's sort of like, like, he doesn't like that instead of being, oh, oh, yay, Mike's here to save us. He's like, that causes the present like no this is not the guy I, I want on this that he's actually so and even tweaking where the, the part where angela best says you know it wasn't your fault to actually maybe i even put like there is some little bit of doubt that's like why didn't you grab her right well i couldn't yeah but i mean but well, I, yeah I but mean, i mean she angela best could still that. be basically saying that you did the right thing or whatever um but I, this gives us an opportunity to have a really great scene between aaron heckhart and Gerard butler where they 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 meet shortly after the first lady's death and um they have a scene where they argue about what his duty was yeah and and the president basically says says you were wrong you know he just shouts at him that he's wrong or whatever yeah. so you get this yeah, really yeah. good emotional scene with the president who's who's grieving yeah right yeah yeah, I, th- I think I think if you do that, you you kind of do set up that. So then, when when this when this so when this whole whole thing goes down, Mike is obviously trying to redeem himself, but he also has a little bit of doubt in his brain too, right? Because you know, despite you know his colleagues saying like you did the right thing and the hearing cleared you or whatever, but the president obviously saying you did the wrong thing. That maybe he actually has a little bit of he's got a little bit of doubt to him, and he's yeah. not quite sure if he's still doing the right thing because. Yeah, because he's he's kind of this infallible super genius that even in the movie, like you have all the mo- the most brilliant, high ranking people in the United States government still talking to him over his Bluetooth, asking him for advice as if he's the smartest guy in the room. And I think that kind of bugged me. So I feel like if we if we add this element to it, it sort of sets up that like, OK, he's doing what he thinks is best, but even he's not sure, you know, he's, he has that doubt you know, just because of what's what's happened. Yeah, yeah, something that he's got to overcome throughout the because in the in the way that the movie is set up right now, it basically you know within the first uh, scene after uh, the limo crash, you're basically told that Gerard Butler did the right thing, and he, you know his as far as his character is concerned, he's he's on the up and up. Right? There's nothing. There's yeah. no journey for him. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. No, I did. I yeah, thought I had something to kind of add. To I that, think but. while we were going through that little process between me and Colin, you you seemed to be grimacing here and there. Like there was Scott's there, not quite on board. Yeah, you didn't seem like you were super on board with, with what we were laying down. I'm um. I'm worried that. I'm worried that adding tension to the relationship between the president and Gerard Butler is trite. Easy. <laughs> I, it's easy. Yeah. Uh, whereas it's a weirdly more grown up choice that the movie made, wherein Aaron Eckhart doesn't want to see him, but on a fundamental level understands he made the right choice. Okay. And doesn't doubt that. He's just angry at himself that that's the case so so what so what if then so what if we keep that then but basically so we remove maybe so if we want to remove that that tension between the two that's not to say i don't like adding the tension right i just there's a part of me that's like oh that seems like such an easy we made a deal of like saying that that was a that was a good uh, a good choice that they made or an interesting decision they made and and i and i don't disagree with that the only thing is when it comes to i know i know this is like what we just did was 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 pretty easy and uh, that's kind of action movies, though. Like action and movies have like very, very simple, straightforward motivations because you're you're there more for the action, uh, and but you still need like a good um, um, 
drama to sort of hook it around. So you make yeah. the drama very simple just to make sure you don't screw that yeah, up like at all. It, and then you can spend more time exploding things. And I feel, I feel, things. I, feel I feel like, I feel like for the, like the modern example that is John Wick, right? It's like, it's nothing, it's, there's nothing like mind bendly Shakespearean about, about him, but I mean, it's like they, his wife is gone. They killed his dog. That's enough. Yeah. Let him lose. Away you go. Yeah. Yeah. So, and, and I feel like even if you don't want to have that drama between the president and Mike, then maybe just, um, still, maybe just still sort of have that thing where, where, you know, Mike is kind of, you know, scarred and has a little bit of trauma where he's like, you know, hey, he was really close to all these people and, you know, she's now dead. And even though, and it could be one of those things where it's just like everyone's saying, no, you did the right thing, but we're still moving you off because we're not clearing you to work. And he's just like, yeah. And it's, I feel, I feel, I feel like, I feel like if you bring that timeline up a lot sooner rather than 18 months, because I feel like even after that, I'm, I'm okay with, uh, with the hurt being, uh, more raw, and I'm okay with. I don't know that necessarily making just a few weeks later works, but yeah. I'm I'm okay with tightening up that timeline. Yeah, I think that that's interesting. Mm-hmm. I don't. Uh, yeah. yeah, I don't. I don't dislike it. I just I'm like, eh, is there something better we can do? That's kind of where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, um, it's, I just feel like like his like Matt Benning. Is that that's the right Mike that's Mike, 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 Benning, Mike, Mike Banning. Angela Mike Bennett, Bennett is actually is that way. <laughs> I was getting confused with on the weekend. Yeah, he, I think he just doesn't he just doesn't have any journey and and I don't actually most of these characters don't, don't really, really have, have a journey. journey and that's a big problem for yeah, me. Yeah, and I agree that he needs a better journey. And I do like the idea of saddling him with the kid. I won't deny that. Yeah, I have I like, I like that. I have some changes for the end of the film. Please do, Scott. I want to talk about nukes. Okay. Sure. Uh, I don't think we need them. Agreed. Uh, they are an unnecessary raising of the stakes at the end of the movie that I don't think we need. I think having the threat of them getting the Cerab- uh, the Cerebus code, fine. That's cool. Um, but I think that the the president should not give up that last code. That's basically like he's already told... Uh, the general and the secretary of defense don't give up your codes because they're never going to do give up your codes because I will not give up mine. And he should be a hundred percent ready to die. And the tension at the end should be, will Gerard Butler make it to save him before he is killed for not giving up the codes? That should be the, while still trying to keep Connor out of their hands, because that is the leverage. That's the button that will, that will get the president to give up the codes. But Gerard Butler has the kid and now just needs to get to the president before the president dies to not give up the code. There's your tension. You don't need yep. you don't need the unnecessary, well now we've activated everyone's nukes. Hooray, we're all yeah. going to die. Yeah. Yeah. You don't you didn't need that and that seemed like overkill at that point. Like that it, was- it seemed like an unnecessary reason to have Gerard Butler start stop a countdown at 3. Yeah. And I was like Really, movie, <laughs> and really, him, and have him yell at things, or yeah, whatever. you didn't need to do that. Yeah. So I think you you get rid of that. I have an idea for the Trader Secret Service agent too. Okay, but uh, if you want to go off about the, oh, nukes, I just had something that was clo- that I was thinking of while you were um, talking about that. That's a good. That's a good point. Um, you know, there's a there's an opportunity for the president to be made to understand what. Gerard Butler did um, in that when the secretary of defense is being beaten up in order to, for her when to give up her he has to make the hard call. Yeah. Like he, he, they give him the opportunity twice and he doesn't make it. Right. Um, and I, I actually think that it would be, it'd be much more interesting if he didn't, he did make reluctantly make that really, really tough call. And, and then he has to come. His journey is to get to where Gerard Butler was, yeah. and Gerard Butler's journey is to get to where he was. Yeah, they both kind of have to yeah. have to cross over, yeah, and to to understand the other. Oh, that's kind of neat. I like that actually. Yeah, despite the fact that I really want the Secretary of Defense to survive this movie still. Yeah, I mean she was she was a real big badass, and I'd hate to fridge another female character. So maybe maybe uh, uh, we can switch it to like one of the other <laughs> wieners or something like well, that. Well, no, you could you could have him him he cracks it first. So she's the first one they beat up in this case. Yeah. They go for the Secretary of Defense. He cracks and is like, no, tell them the code because they're never going to get my code. But then when they go to get the code from the general, he he 
makes the call at that point. He's like, no, you can't give him the code. And the general is ready to die. Yeah. So is the Secretary of Defense, for that matter, in that in those moments. But then the downside is that that means that the the villain's plan is scuttled at that point, and the president is going to die. Like, yeah, because they don't need his code now because they can't get all three codes. Yeah, yeah. So I you, think that you I do think... need to raise the stakes to the point where he's the last code, right? Um, yeah, I kind of like the idea that their that that their plan is busted at that point, and then and and then the terrorists are somewhat scrambling to figure out what to do next. Well, my thinking is that if if Gerard Butler makes the call to sacrifice the president, which you kind of hinted at, mm-hmm. at that point their plan is busted, oh, oh, right, and right, they right, right, and right. they and at that point Kang or whatever, yeah, just is just pointed at Gerard Butler, like you screwed up my plan, you sacrificed the president to do it, which blows my mind, and now I'm aiming at you and the president's son, like everything is coming on you now. Because if I'm going down, I'm taking you with me because you screwed everything up. And then that raises the stakes for Gerard Butler to get the boy out of the White House yeah. for the, the final like big set piece yeah. and kill all the terrorists because he's going to. Yeah. Um, so there's something to do there, I guess. I don't know. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah. I like, yeah. But I, on the other hand, I do like the idea I, of the president... I, Having to make the call that Gerard Butler did, yeah, I really, so I really want to make that. that I really want to make that work because I think it would be, uh, it would, it would make every, it would give everyone kind of a journey, for one thing, all the main characters anyway. It's just a matter of like, how do you ramp up the tension again? Um, to After put, that point, to put the to make the the president the last stand. I don't know if he's if it's just a matter of like. Um, the hacker chick manages to get get the first two codes anyway or something like that or well one idea that i had kind of been f- f- flirting with <laughs> flirting one one idea that i had been flirting with was if cuz it seems really illogical to me that these people would all have been secured in the same location cuz that's one target it would be interesting if the other two were secured in other locations which were also taken and we only get Gerard Butler's uh, like situation. There's no one. There's no Gerard Butler at the other two locations. They're screwed, and so they are able to secure those other two codes at those two locations because there's no Gerard Butler there to save the day. Yeah. And then that would that would take those out of out of their hands, and then Gerard Butler is just trying to save the president, and you you'd get rid of the tension of them. Also weirdly taking their time getting the three codes out of people but whatever um but you you would remove you'd remove two of the codes from their hands like it's out of their hands they're going to get those two codes the tension is all focused here with this last code so there's maybe something there i don't know but then again you're taking away the possibility for the president to have to make that tough call right yeah god see this is this is how i know movie making is hard because we're we're stumped on this yeah this is like, uh, like in a, I think in a, in probably a, a lot of writer rooms and or or just uh, in in you know the writer's basement. Like this is probably the point where they're sitting there being like, God, I got two really good ideas, and how do I make both of them work? Can I even? <laughs> or do in it? this case, let's not do any of them and just <laughs> let's fix let's the roll. Secret Service agent. Okay, we'll we'll take a break from the from the which one third act. Dylan McDermott. Replacing? Yeah, we're gonna fix the, oh, the traitor. Okay. I was gonna just say remove him completely. Since no, kind of necessary. You, you still need an inside man to explain how they were so able to effectively yeah. bypass White House security and totally like get the jump on everybody. Yeah, uh, I like that. I think though he's been uh, brought into the conspiracy. Uh, on a pack of lies like he's got his politics and he's got a fairly solid motivation and he thinks that lines up with the terrorists and then it slowly becomes clear to him that this is not what he signed up for and he starts making the realization that he needs to do something about it and i think that that's a little more interesting mm-hmm. like he's okay. like i'm gonna go kill gerard butler but he's actually like i i need to betray these terrorists like I thought we were just going to like, I don't know, get some money or like wipe out poverty or something. I don't know. Something that you could almost buy him being an idealist and hating this president and has been brought in on this pack of lies. And then when it becomes 
clear that they're going to get these three codes and blow up America. He's like, oh, I did not sign up for this. Yeah. yeah. And, I like that. And, and now finds himself in a pickle where he's trying to extricate himself from it. Yeah. And turn on them. You, yeah. You can set up that. You can set up that he's like, he's sort of that he's, you know, he was turned from these like, you know, being a patriot to like, no, America's doing all these rough, awful, rotten things around the world. So I'm going to, we need to take them down a peg. And then when they, when he finds out, oh yeah, by the way, we're going to nuke Ma and Pa America. He's like, well, hey, hold on a second. That's. Yeah. The Secret Service trader is a pretty common trope in the in, in like Air Force One, yeah. White House Down. There's always a trader Secret Service agent, and I think that the interesting twist here is if the trader Secret Service agent, by like Act Two, realizes I've done, I've made a terrible choice, yeah, and I need to do something about it. And I oh, mean, yeah. he's still going to die for his treason. Like redemption equals death in this case. But I think it's an interesting turn if if he actually is like. Oh, I need to go help Gerard Butler right now. <laughs> and I mean, yeah, we lose the kind of not really exciting fight that they had, which was really one-sided and he didn't really stand a chance in, but yeah. okay. Yeah. I think it's I like and I that. think it's I more like- interesting if if there's some tension too because Gerard Butler maybe doesn't trust him when he runs into him because you're not covered in blood. Yeah. Like you haven't been shot. You say you've been hiding, which is not your job. Yeah. Uh and now you're trying to help me and he's trying to conceal that he was in on it. And then maybe that gets exposed and that creates some tension between them. But he's like, look, I'm, I screwed up and I'm trying to help now. And then he gets shot. I don't know. Killing some bad guys, whatever. I think that works. I think that's a better fix for it. You still get your white house trader, but he has a journey too. Yeah. And then he also presents a monkey wrench in the terrorist, another monkey wrench in the terrorist plot, right? Because they're counting on this White House traitor, and then he's like, oh, no, I'm not, I'm not down with what's going on right now. I'm okay with that. And it's better than him just being like, I'm okay with all these people dying. Yeah. I'm getting paid. Whatever. Yeah. But I, but I call myself a patriot. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm a rookie his, compared to you. His motivation was really dumb in the movie. Yeah, yeah it was. <laughs> Yeah. No, I feel like if, if we're if I feel like if we're gonna yeah because I originally had we we're gonna you know cut cut him cut cerebrus. Um, we definitely yeah. But yeah, if we're gonna keep those things. Yeah, yeah, give them give them some brains behind them. I think that makes makes sense. Um, yeah, I still can't figure out how to put the the president in a in, in a, a pickle in a pickle after <laughs> after he's made that choice. Um, I mean, it could be simple, something as simple as putting him back into um, a physical danger where it's it's a choice between the kid and the president, I suppose. After, like, maybe the White House is, is coming down, <laughs> like it's burning to the ground or something like that. Could oh, be. no. Wait. Okay. Hold on. What if here's, here's our third act, basically. The president has just basically asked the army chief of staff to die to not give up his code. He's made that tough call. He's like, no, they can't get these codes. And I, I order you basically. And, and he, he has to do the Gerard Butler thing and make the tough call and sacrifice someone at that moment for the greater good. And so he's made that journey. The terrorists, I mean, the terrorists can't kill him without losing the code at the same time. So the general, kills himself i actually thought that's what the what the defense secretary was going to do at one point that she was going to somehow like yeah but then we we still lose cerberus at that point right what if okay so the president makes the choice but then the general gives up the code anyway because he doesn't want to die right and so the president's like that's even that's good because he was kind of like the squirrely wiener guy anyway right yeah he he makes the president makes the call he's like don't give him the code and i realize that i'm asking you to die but don't give him the code and then the general's like no wait i will give you the code i don't want to die like this yeah and so that sucks but the the president has made that de- consciously made that decision even though it gets undermined yeah and he gets betrayed in that moment because the president has his button or no, the, the army general has his button. Then act three, you have the terrorists get Connor. Like they get the jump on Gerard Butler and the, and the trader secret service agent who's now double crossed the, the terrorists. 
Uh, the Trader Secret Service agent dies trying to protect Connor. So there's his redemption equals death moment. Yeah. But they snatch Connor. And now now it's it's on because now the president is going to his button has been they've got his button. They've got the boy. He's not it's safe. He's in danger. And uh, he he's now in the impossible situation because he will give up the code to save mm-hmm. his son. Mm-hmm. So when Gerard Butler shows up, he has to make the call between the president and his son. Yeah. And he chooses the president's son in that moment yeah. and saves Connor. And then the president, the president self terminates mm. to prevent them from getting the code. Like he's like, they're like, we're not really going to kill the president. And he's like, sure you are slit. And he's dead. Yeah. And now the bad guy is like, Oh, my plan is screwed. I'm going to fight Gerard Butler and kill you for that. And then he gets stabbed in the brain. There you go. Yeah. 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 Third act solved. That's actually it's got it's almost the if he if he kills himself I guess like it's almost it's almost kind of like he learned to he learned to make the tough call by by that like that was that was all the ultimate tough call yeah. you know he so that does kind of complete his journey too yeah. so he tried he tried to make the tough call before it, it didn't work out for him and then he ultimately makes the biggest tough call and we do leave Connor an orphan at the end of the movie but he's got surrogate dad Gerard Butler yeah yep so he'll be fine yeah yep. uh. Yeah. yeah, yeah, no problem, kid. Just you just <laughs> saw both of your kids die. You'll be fine. Oh, I don't know no. that he necessarily has to see the president die, <laughs> and he just goes up to be Batman. There you go. <laughs> yeah, like President Batman. President yeah. Batman. <laughs> another That's another. A, a much, I have some notes. Much enough. better sequel. It took us a while to untangle that knot, but I mean. Does that work? As a I think, I think it does. Yeah. Yeah. I feel. I feel. I feel like that's. I feel. I feel like that is. Like I said, it's got some brains. And the it, and the stakes are time. there because the kid is now in mortal danger, and the president, like you're at you, you're wondering will the president crack or will he let his son die to prevent the codes from getting out? And now it's a race for Gerard Butler to save them in time, yeah. Yeah. and he's only there in time to save one of them. Yep. And it's the boy because we're not monsters. Yeah. <laughs> I think uh, throw in throw in just a, a little bit of choreograph to some better kind of choreographed action scenes, and maybe, we're good to maybe, go. Maybe an upgrade to the CGI company, yeah. and the computer graphics. Done, <laughs> fixed. Everyone's happy. We've taken this from a zero to seventy. It's never explained how they got their hands on that Hydra. No, like it's there's this weird implication. Somebody must have g- given them that. There must yeah. be some sort of traitor. Yes. never explored. Yeah. Oh, by the Does way, it come watch up in the and, sequel? And it was pretty big and heavy. How'd they get it in there? Does it come up in the sequel? Uh, How did they build it so no, fast? No, because the sequel's in London. Yeah, but it doesn't mean that whoever really? gave them that bomb isn't there. I, I guess. <laughs> I suppose. I don't know. I didn't. Really? I, I, honest to God, I watched half of it. It was so bad. I did not finish it. Oh. <laughs> What London is? Yeah, London is. Oh, if you, if able, yeah, if that that if we do a dead podcast, that's just be me smashing my fist <laughs> against the wall for my contribution. Well, good good news. We can all go to the theaters and watch Angel has fallen oh, and see the third you of the series. Have a good time. <laughs> you have a good time. Uh, I don't think I can. I'm busy that day. I got <laughs> busy homework all those days. I, got, I have homework. <laughs> that you guys are planning to. Get. <laughs> um, yeah, you two can get it on the note having. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll let you know what movie is coming out, and you can get your notes read on the show, just like what's going to happen right now. Uh, Evan from uh, the Kino Lefter podcast says, uh, we would change absolutely nothing. The first home run in the Has Fallen franchise. Evan, you are banned from this I podcast. I think you've mistaken a fouled out ball for a home yeah. run. Yeah. I, Evan, I thought you wanted to be on this show. Yes. <laughs> you know, you got sure to nice prove your medal you first. <laughs> and really, Banish it, it. most movies can be tweaked up a little yeah. bit, at least. Yes. Whew, home run. Uh, Herman from uh, Modern Manhood says, uh, remember when Gerard uh, Butler was a thing? Uh, well, he just, you he know. kind of still is. He kinda, you know, he's <laughs> producing his own things. He's living the dream. <laughs> I mean, he's starring in the threequel of this movie yeah. momentarily. He's kind of um, like a lesser... Um, uh, taken guy. Sorry, I forget his name. Liam Liam, he's like a lesser Liam Neeson. Like he's doing. <laughs> he's the budget own... Liam Neeson. That's yeah. really unfair to Gerard. <laughs> Is it though? He's a lawyer, he, sir. He's doing a lot of like his own yeah. action flicks. They they often have the same similar, too serious for their own good tone. Have you seen like, Geostorm? Did anyone? I have, make, okay, did Geostorm, anyone else make that mistake? I made that mistake. <laughs> I kind of like Geostorm. Oh goodness! <laughs> I did not see it because it looked terrible. Yeah, you are correct. 
Um, uh, so, but uh, Herman says, uh, I would change out uh, Gerard Butler. Also, maybe like camp it up a little bit more, like Fast and Furious style, where you know it, where it knows it's really ridiculous. White so basically, down. White House down. Yeah. Yes, go see White House down. Yeah, there you go. Solved your problem. Uh, Matthew says, I haven't seen it since it came out, but it was a pretty direct ripoff of the book Transfer of Power by Vince Flynn, even though they never acknowledged that it was. Transfer of Power is my all-time favorite book, uh, So, and since the story was so familiar, I enjoyed the movie. It was more violent than I expected to be, expected to be although that's not a knock. It's a very PG-13 violence, though. It's not mm, John Wick it, rated R violence. It gets violence. pretty ah, there's gory. There's lots of, lots of head, head shoots, shooting people in the head. I think it's an R movie. Let's I feel like once you start adding like like shots to the head, that becomes an R-rated movie. Yeah, it is rated R. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Fair there enough. was there was lots of like. I it think the first time I saw it was like, there's a lot of people. Maybe because shot the action, the maybe because the actions felt so like. Uh, Greg used the term milk toast earlier on. Yeah. Maybe that made it feel a little more sanitary. Dark and than dimly shot. Yeah. 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 Fair enough. Yeah. I don't know. I feel I feel better about the new the new version than the old version. So thank you. Also, they use a lot of swears in that movie, and I think that probably gave it its R rating. Yes. More yeah, than, there, more were, than the there were definitely lots a lot of, of F-bombs lots of, dropped. Lots and as we well know, the uh, the ratings people in the United States are much, much more strict on language no, than like, they are on violence. Do not like the... Yeah. Especially military-esque violence, they yeah. probably would have been more... God forbid there's a nipple in your movie. Ooh. Yeesh. Everyone was wearing five shirts just to prevent that. Um, uh, yeah, I think that's. Uh, I think everyone, everyone good with that. Everyone good with that rap. Everyone good with that. Our new version. Yes, sure. Yeah. I like Pretty it. Pretty good. I like it. I feel better, and I'm not not so angry. Thank you, Jeremy. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, you can uh, follow us on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and I have some notes. If you like the show, please consider rating and reviewing us on iTunes. It really helps us out. You can also find our episodes on the CKUA Radio app. Download it from the Apple App Store. Be sure to check out all the other brother and sister shows all over the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. We post new episodes every second week. Tune in two weeks from now to find the next episode, which will be... Maybe Cool World? Cool World, maybe. maybe. We can Question find mark? a copy of it. It's garage sale season, so I'm sure we can find a, like a 25-cent copy of it somewhere. So, <laughs> Well, Abdul from Keenan Lefter in the last episode said that he, he has a copy, so, yeah. so maybe. Yeah. If you have a copy, uh, send us a tweet or yeah. a Facebook message. Or send us a copy of it. Yeah, or, or, or yeah, one of the two. Um, yeah, the, there's a ton of podcasts out there, folks, to listen to. Uh, we really appreciate you spending some time with us uh, today. And, uh, yeah, we will see you next time. Don't watch any terrible action movies for a while. That's what I'm Geostorm! <laughs> I mean, keep watching this guy. Hey. The podcast you're listening to is proud to be part of the Alberta Podcast Network, powered by ATB. And so is mine. My name is Vanda, and I'm the host of Tight Ends Podcast. I don't know much about football, but I know a tight end when I see one. If you're looking for a sports podcast without all the stats and numbers and even facts and figures, join Tight Ends Podcast, the sports podcast for the rest of us. Every week we find out what's up with Gronk, And we always have a great tweet of the week, so you can follow along. Go to albertapodcastnetwork.com to find more great podcasts, like Tight Ends Podcast. And remember, clear eyes, tight ends can't lose.